By the way, let me remind you, forgiveness is not an act of your emotion. Mm -hmm. It's a choice of your will. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Elif and Kyle Reno. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast. It's great to be with you today. And I'm Bill Eliff. This is Kyle Reno. And we're just thrilled that we can come into your car or your living room or wherever you are (laughs) today and talk about uh, really today one of the most important things we'll ever talk about Mm. uh, as we're looking at seven responses that are essential for revival. And today, Kyle, we're going to talk about forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, everybody's been hurt. Yeah, that's right. I know early in your life, uh, you went through some hurt mm-hmm. in your family, mm-hmm. and and uh, and you were just sharing before we started right. here today uh, something about forgiveness right. right when you came to know Christ. Right. Yeah. For me personally, I didn't grow up in a family that faith was really a part uh, of our life and our story, and we didn't go to church, all those kind of things. And so there's a lot of brokenness. I mean, without Christ, mm-hmm. there's a lot of brokenness in life. And so one aspect of that growing up is just a, a, a very difficult relationship with my father and mm-hmm. some seasons of hurt and pain and, uh, and, and him being gone at different times. And so at 19 years old, after a coach sharing the gospel and uh, walking into a gathering with the presence of God, I was born again. And, uh, and that mm. was the first time I felt God working in my life, you know, that he was calling me to himself and the love of Christ. And man, I was just transformed, changed. Mm. But the first thing specific that I've sensed God speak to me, speak to my mm. heart, was uh, right months after coming to faith when he said to me, Kyle, I want you to forgive your father. Wow. And I remember my response to that was, Hey, uh, a little too soon, you know, (laughs) can we start somewhere else, Mm -hmm. you know, but what the Lord knew then that I now know that getting to that place of really forgiving my dad Mm -hmm. and, and I did and Mm -hmm. over some time with the Lord and good counsel and phone call, Mm -hmm. you know, to forgive the Lord knew that I was going to set me free. Right. And really in a lot of ways, set my faith free. Yeah. Move me into a different future. So, man, forgiveness is a non-negotiable. Boy, he was he was taking the axe to the root of the tree, wasn't he? <laughs> he was. And and you get that root out. Yeah. You know, the Bible talks in Hebrews thirteen fifteen. Uh, it says, "Don't let any root of bitterness spring up, cause trouble, mm-hmm. and defile many." Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's the heart of us. I mean, I, I've often said that bitterness is just harbored hurt. Mm-hmm. So as we think about this today, Kyle, I was I was reading recently the story of David uh, when he had been anointed to be the king, and and then Saul, out of just jealousy, uh, starts chasing him like a dog, <laughs> and and he finds uh, himself, David did, in a cave, back in a cave, and Saul was in the outside of that cave, and and David could have taken his life and would have been justified in it. Uh, and taking that revenge, all his men wanted him to do it, and yet he didn't. He didn't do that. And later he said to Saul in First Samuel twenty four twelve, listen to these words: May the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge me on you, but my hand shall not be against you. Now this is one of the, 
one of the most beautiful principles of forgiveness is when somebody hurts me, I put them in my courtroom, right? Uh, you hurt me, so I want you to hurt. Uh, I want you to pay. I want to take my own revenge. And there's this beautiful passage in, in Romans chapter 12 where Paul says, uh, occasionally take your own revenge, right? <laughs> no, it says, never, never take your own revenge. Uh, and then it says this amazing thing, leave room for the wrath of God. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So if your enemy is hungry, give him something to eat. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And this is what illustrates that we're, we have God in us, is when we are willing to forgive. Uh, what that means is that when somebody hurts me, I've got them in my courtroom, and I'm going to make them pay. And we're, we're pretty creative about how we do that. For instance, I'll make you pay by withdrawing from you, by getting angry at you, by screaming at you, by gossiping about you. You know, here's a wife who's been hurt by her husband, and rightfully so. And uh, somebody comes up and says, boy, your husband's so wonderful. And you say, yeah, he is good, but. And then you start telling all the things. That's the way that you get your revenge. You're going to tear him down so that it somehow you think is going to lift you up. And it never works. Uh, it just puts you in a greater and greater bondage. Years ago, I had a man who had hurt me deeply in a church, and uh, uh, he really was causing great havoc in the church. And I went to a, a dear man, Jim White, who worked with the Navigators for years and was kind of a spiritual counselor to me. And whenever I really got in trouble I'd, uh, and needed some counsel, I'd go to Jim. And I, I went to Jim, and I said, Jim, I don't know what to do about this guy. He knew this situation. He got real quiet. And he opened his Bible, and he read that passage I just quoted to you from Romans 12. Never take your own revenge. Leave room for the wrath of God. So then he closed his Bible, and he looked at me, and he said, Bill, he said, God will only allow two in the boxing ring at once. So if you want to fight this battle, you stay in the ring. But God's going to get out. If you want God to fight the battle, then you get out of the ring. You forgive. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have to deal with things. We later in the church had to confront this man who was causing discord in the church. But you can never even confront properly if you haven't already forgiven in your heart. And as I have traveled around the country and been in many, many churches, I would say that unforgiveness and the corresponding uh, bitterness that ensues from that is maybe the number one uh, issue in the life of most churches. People are just angry. They're hurt. They don't know what to do about that, so they kind of put it on the ledger book of their heart. When revival comes, and I've been in some seasons of revival, there's this explosion of the love of God. It's, it's pretty remarkable. And the Bible says about love in 1 Corinthians 13, love never keeps a record book on other people's wrongs. Uh, in fact, it's an accounting term. 
and uh, it means you never keep a you never keep a ledger. You never write it down. You keep short accounts, and you're constantly forgiving. And I've seen uh, in my own life and in the lives of churches, I've seen revival come when people begin to forgive. And I've also seen when revival comes to a church, they begin to forgive. They start forgiving in amazing ways. And I want to get real personal here. Uh, who do you need to forgive? I mean, when you open up and you look at the ledger book in your heart, are there some names there? Maybe it's a father. Maybe it's a mother. Maybe it's a, a school teacher. Maybe it's somebody who said something to you years ago. And maybe it's some uh, huge thing that needs to be released. Maybe it was just a thousand little things that people have done that you've kind of written down in your heart. And I, I promise you this, all unforgiveness is ultimately unforgiveness towards God and bitterness towards God. And you think about that, you think, well, God, you could have prevented this. You could have stopped them. You could have not let them do that. And so when you dig down far enough, it may be that you need to go to God and seek his forgiveness for what you're holding in your heart against him. And uh, I remember one time when God did that in my life, and uh, I was just angry at God for what he had allowed in my life. And the Lord said to me one night under a cottonwood tree, Bill, you are resisting me and upset with me, and I'm the only one that can help you. And why would you do that? And so I just relaxed my hands and just in a sense, it sounds crazy, forgave God. I wasn't, that's not a good term, but I was just embracing the sovereignty of God over my life and saying, Lord, you have a right to do with me whatever you want to. So, Kyle, as we think about revival, mm -hmm. one of our responses mm. is going to be forgiveness. Mm -hmm, no doubt. Nothing between us and God and yeah. nothing between us and anybody else. See, I think that's it. What you just said, even as you're sharing, I had this thought. I've never thought it quite this way. That forgiveness is 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 twofold. It's that mm -hmm. it's one. Lord, I trust you, mm -hmm. so I forgive them. Right. Yeah, I can trust you with this. It's a faith issue. Yeah, it's a totally it, it, a faith issue. It's a issue. faith issue. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's going to set you free. Yeah, it's going to set you. And I love how you said many times forgiveness is the way into personal revival. Mm -hmm. You know, and that forgiveness even sparks it in a church. Mm -hmm. And other times when revival's happening, when there's a real movement of God happening, mm -hmm. you're going to find forgiveness. Right. You're going to find it. And so even today, we, we try to do this every week in this podcast is to share some revival truth, some things that really helps us understand what a real move of God is. And then to step back and just share with you a story, mm -hmm. a story of the activity of God in someone's life or in some church. So even now, we're going to take a few moments and just hear a story together. I worked in New York City as a, a, a bridge builder, you know, basically doing bridge construction. He was commuting hour and a half each way to work, at least maybe sometimes longer, um, working 8, 10, 12, 15 hour days sometimes. Typically the jobs would get a little bit slower in the winter, so I would always raise my hand for layoff. And I was pretty much a full-time ski pro and be on snow full-time from November through April. Life seemed okay to me. You know, I felt in control. You know, we, we were busy and 
not always spending a lot of time together, but in my mind, it was just because of the stage of life. We had um, started going to a church. They announced that Life Action was coming to do a summit and they were gonna be there for 11 days. There was a pre-summit one Sunday and there was a testimony by a man. And in his testimony, he shared that as a result of the summit, the first day, his wife wanted to talk to him and end result was they both confessed that they had been unfaithful. And he went on to say that his marriage was stronger than it had ever been before. I think I just thought it was a great story, you know, like, wow, you know, that's really neat that God can do that sort of thing. But I don't think I sat there thinking that I needed the summit for me. So I was on a ski trip out in Utah when the pre-summit came to the church. I came home and I remember I was in the bathroom and I was changing and Melanie walked in and, and she said, Joel, this, these people came to the church today. They're called Life Action. So then she goes on to talk about the man that shared the testimony at the pre-summit. So I remember her telling me this story, and I'm like, this is like God has a, like, a, like I have a bullseye on me, <laughs> you know? And, like, there's no way. I'm thinking there's no way. If this is what Life Action's about, there's no way I can go to it. Because, like, at that point, I was so fragile. Like, I could... I had been to the, the church service, and, and I could hardly sit in the seat at the end when, when the pastor would kind of give the altar call and stuff. Like, I was, like, just about coming apart then. So I'm like, if this is what life action's about, there's no way I can go to that. You know, there's no way I won't be able to handle it. So I drove separate to church. He usually had a plan to go do something after church on Sunday, and so we always drove separately. And so that Sunday, um, he had plans to go fly fishing. We got there, and the service started, and I remember the part that that got me was at the end of it. Um, Lane, Lane asked all the men to come forward and pray for a revival for their church. I wanted to go. In the worst way, I wanted to go up front. I couldn't, I couldn't go forward and, and, and make myself look like something before God that I wasn't. And I just sat there kind of thinking like, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you going up there? <laughs> you know, you were my godly husband. Like, why are you still standing here? He turned to me and said, I need you to take the kids to your mom's, and I need you to come meet me at the stream to go fly fishing. And I said, okay. So I showed up at the stream, and as soon as I got there, he turned around to me and was just crying. And he went on to confess that he had been unfaithful and that he had been in a relationship with someone uh, that he worked with in the ski industry for the last 10 years. There was a younger girl that was on staff, and just had a nice conversation and like and then it's like you know you want to have another conversation and you want to talk more and it was just kind of like the frog being in hot water you know you start off in the warm water it's comfortable and the temperature slowly rises and before you know you know like wow I've crossed the line and I just violated everything that I've committed to with my wife I felt betrayed as I asked questions um, he had courage to give me true answers. You know, it just kind of hit her and like, I've never heard my wife cry like that before in my life and there wasn't anything I could do. I just didn't know what was happening next. Um, not sure of what this looked like from there. But through that whole conversation that afternoon, the only thing that kept ringing through my head was the story of this man from six weeks prior that him and his wife both confessed being unfaithful. And his statement was that their marriage was stronger than it had ever been before. I think that there was still hope because of the testimony I heard. And I think that if I had not heard that testimony, you know, I'm not sure, but 
that afternoon before we left the stream, you know, I met him when I was 15 years old. I remember saying to him, you know, I love you, I've always loved you, and I forgive you. And so God was really preparing my heart all along the way for that moment. And I remember saying to Joel that I, I feel like God is going to use our story for something. Don't know what that is or how he'll do it, but I just feel like, you know, if we're willing, that he'll use it to glorify himself. We went back home, uh, got our kids, went back to church because there was an evening session of the summit. And what I had anticipated reluctance on Joel's part in going to the summit. I couldn't wait to get back. We could not wait to get back. And we didn't miss a minute. God really used that whole entire summit, that 11 days, to really pour grace over us and, and really bring about a lot of healing in a short time. There was still a lot of stuff we had to work through, a lot of trust that we had to rebuild, but God's been faithful. And our marriage now is truly stronger than it's ever been. We were ready to join the team when they left that day. <laughs> um, and we just have such a passion for what the way God uses life action um, to just tear down the walls and um, bring transparency. And today I'm serving with Revive Our Hearts as operations director. Joel serves at the camp as facilities manager. The tapestry, the hodgepodge tapestry of my life has made a quilt that just seems to fit perfect for uh, camp ministry. So God's using my hands in the ministry. Still just can't believe where God has taken this from that day on the stream to being here and being able to serve and being able to see these stories on a daily basis. I think of how different our lives might have been had I discovered this in a different context. I don't think if I could go back in time and could say, you know, this is the path you're going to go on or you can choose this one. I don't think I would have chosen it, but Looking back, I can see that my life today, my walk with the Lord, my relationship with my husband, with my kids would not be the same had it not been for walking through that. Well, what an incredible story of forgiveness. And you know, the truth of the matter is, every time you forgive, mm -hmm. it's an incredible story. That's right. Every time we are forgiven, it brings the greatest joy. Mm. And, you know, I was thinking as we've been talking today, Kyle, uh, there's a great little book. Uh, you ought to get it. I'd recommend it to you called Continuous Revival mm. by Norman Grubb. He was a missionary that was a part of a 20-year movement mm. in Africa. And they asked him, what, what sustained the movement of God? And one of the things he said is, we kept the roof off and the walls down. Wow. Nothing between us wow. and God and nothing between us and anybody else. Wow. And there were no barriers, mm -hmm. you know. So this is how critical forgiveness mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And uh, we want to pray this in. I, I know that as you're listening today, I know enough about this topic in my own life right. to know that this is hitting uh, home to many that are listening today. Yeah. And you've got a choice. Yeah. Right? Am I going to forgive? By the way, let me remind you, forgiveness is not an act of your emotion. Mm -hmm. It's a choice of your will. Yeah. Right? To just release a debt you think somebody owes mm -hmm. you and leave it in the hands of mm -hmm. God. So I want to encourage you to take that choice. Lord, I don't feel like it. 
But by your grace, <laughs> I choose to forgive exactly so right. and so. You may want to make a list of hurts that you have and just walk through them and one mm. by one forgive mm. and find that kind of liberation. So let's let's pray about this. I'll begin and then yeah. Kyle, you close us out. So Father, uh, what a critical topic today in this response, this revival response. Mm. And I pray as we're listening, Lord, that you would show us anything that's on the ledger book. Mm-hmm. Bring to our mind names and faces or events that have happened. Anything, Lord, that we're holding against you, some tragedy that's happened, some difficulty that we thought you should have prevented in our life. And I pray that we would just release that, Lord. The truth is, Father, we know you have the right to do with our lives whatever you desire to do. And the other truth is, Lord, you're good. You are 100% perfect in your goodness and your loving kindness. And we don't see that, uh, so we try to take matters into our own hand. But, Lord, I pray that we would take the roof off today, and I pray that we take the walls down and forgive those that we're holding something against in our heart. Uh, Lord, I ask for the grace to mm-hmm. forgive others uh, like we've been forgiven. Mm-hmm. That, Lord, forgiveness for us would be birthed by a good reminder of the gospel mm-hmm. of what you've done, Jesus, and the forgiveness you've extended to us that we're not deserving. Mm-hmm. And that, God, that we would give forgiveness even to those that don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that is a spiritual movement in the life of any person. And Mm -hmm. so I ask for that today for every listener. God, I I know, I imagine that this is resonating real deep within many. And so, God, I pray you just help. Spirit of God, help people to process this with you right now and not just, just hear it, but to move because of it, Lord, to make the choice to forgive. Mm -hmm. And then, God, I, I pray that when people that are listening even now forgive someone today, that they would they would literally hear in their spirit just a, a, a chain snap. Yes, God. God, please. and they would just feel free. Please, God, God, forgiving someone else would set many free today. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, you know, uh, Kyle, I'm going to pull an audible here. <laughs> yeah, come on. So uh, we've written a little book, a little booklet, really. Yeah. It's called Healing the Harbored Hurts of Your Heart. Yeah. And uh, we'll make a way to, uh, to get this available on our, on our website, on onecry.com. Uh, but I would encourage you, so if you're working through this, to, to uh, go to that website and get this little book, Healing the Harbored Hurts of Your Heart. It talks about the nature of forgiveness and mm-hmm. then even gives you a worksheet in the back of that mm-hmm. little booklet on how to practically... Yeah do that. Uh, Thanks so much for being with us on the podcast today. And as always, we want to remind you to share this with others uh, Mm -hmm. and just send them the link of today's broadcast and uh, go on the website. If you need any uh, kind of materials, it's just a a, all kinds of useful and helpful things on our website at onecry.com. We're thrilled that you've joined us and we look forward to seeing you next time.